0: One of my favorite things to do with my clients is finding their career sweet spot. And what the career sweet spot is, if you were to look at a Venn diagram, it would be three circles. And on one of the circles, it would be their talents and strengths. Then on the other circle, it would be their passions and their interests. And then the final circle would be the organization that would pay them for these two things. So their career sweet spot would be a place where they are doing what they're good at, what they enjoy doing, and a place where they can do those two and ideally get paid for it.
1: That is the voice of Cindy Rewarren, Millennial Career Coach at Cindy W. She joins me today to discuss mindset and career development. (laughs) You're listening to the podcast with John Lemon. So glad that you are here.
0: It's my pleasure.
1: Let's get started. A career coach is said to assist clients with defining, redefining, and achieving personal objectives. At the outset of your process, how do you help your clients define their goals?
0: I love that definition of a career coach. So to define somebody's goals, I would start with asking them questions. I'll ask them questions about their goals, why it's important to them, what have they done so far. Um, And most people start with like a fuzzy idea of their goal. For example, I just want to get a job. And then I would have to drill deeper into what specifically they want. And I do that through doing values assessment. DISC is a profiling tool. So there are four types of communication styles or preferences that most people would have. And that helps you to understand yourself and how you tend to behave in certain situations as well as help them to look at whether their goals are in line with their personal values as well as the market reality.
1: So I see a lot of social emotional awareness that's being pushed a lot. And it seems like getting through this time, which could be defined as a crisis, Social emotional awareness is going to be super important in this moment. Mm
0: -hmm. Yes.
1: So, what do you do? Do you, through your agency, through your company, do you address the social emotional piece or do you refer them to someone else? Or how do you go about helping a client through that process?
0: For my, for the way that I I do career coaching, is I look at strategy and tactics. So, many people, many coaches, they, They might just look at the tactics, like tactics, like how do you write your resume? How do you give brilliant interview answers and so on? But I first start with strategy and mindset is a huge part of strategy. Like you need the right mindset. So um, I always get them to start exploring their thinking first. And one of the most important mindset that I want them to grow in is positivity. So when they take on a positive outlook, it helps them emotionally. And it also helps them to look at the good in whatever dire circumstances that they are in. So the first, so I need to shift their perspective. So that helps with their emotional um, awareness. However, there are some that are evidently, depressed or anxious and it is to the point that they may need some um, professional help like coaching wouldn't be the best solution for them so for those kind of clients I wouldn't take them on unless they were already seeing a therapist and um, doing whatever the therapist is telling them to do otherwise I would tell them that they probably need to look for professional medical help um, so that's the, that's the emotional piece. Um, as for the social, I think that with social distancing, it's really hard for people to connect. Um, it, it, I mean, it's, not, it's, it's definitely harder for people to connect in general. Like, of course, there are some people that they've got maybe weekly Zoom catch-ups with their family or their friends. But not everyone has that. So it can be quite lonely for them, especially if they're out of a job and they don't have colleagues um, and they're staying at home by themselves or even with family, which can also be pretty hard.
1: So this is this is definitely a tough time and and it's affecting different people different ways. Um, And I can't emphasize enough my agreement that. Before we can go forward with our careers, our mental well-being and our, our mindfulness, and, and that is very important. For those that are ready to go forward with you, is there a screening process? Is there an evaluation process when someone comes to you and says, "Hey, I would like to work with you"?
0: I've got different programs. Some of my programs are um, online courses, and for that, they can just they can just get that online. But for my private one-to-one coaching, there is an application. I do this thing called discovery calls where um, they answer some questions before the call. And then when we do the call, that's when we find out about like what are their goals, what have they done so far and why, why coaching and why is this the right time. So that's when we both determine if it's a good fit for both of us.
1: And once those goals are defined, then there comes a a point where they have to redefine their goals. How do you know it's time to redefine your goals?
0: For the most part, I would say that your career is a journey. And a lot of people, they are very fixated on their destination. So once you have defined a goal, that is all that they're aiming for. But a lot of things could happen along the way. You know, life happens, a pandemic strikes, um, somebody in the family falls ill or something happens, they have a new boss. So when these changes happen, be it internally or externally, then they may have to redefine their goals.
1: That is something I've heard uh, many different times. That It's not the destination, it's the journey. Could you give me an example of that? What, what does that actually look like in everyday life?
0: I think that many people, they have a fixed goal in mind and they are so fixated on the goal that they forget to enjoy the process of getting there. For many people, job hunting is a really painful process, especially when they get rejected time after time and then they take it personally, they feel that something is wrong with them. But actually job hunting can be a really fun and beautiful journey where you discover more about yourself and you improve a lot of skills and it actually makes you a better person so many people they 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 actually don't realize that and they just can't wait to get to the destination be it a promotion or a new job or a pay rise and then when they get to the destination they only enjoy it for a few seconds and then they're like, okay, what's the next destination? So it's like you can't go through life like that.
1: <laughs> Would you or have you ever recommended it to your clients to volunteer? Is that a good way to get started, to get your foot in the door, just volunteer?
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, that is one of the best ways to improve yourself in a skill that you might not have or to get your foot in the door of An organization um, and also to network with people so there's no excuse for saying that oh I can't get this job because I don't have the experience for this job because there are so many ways that you can get experience and it also looks good on your resume
1: we go from defining goals to redefining the goals and then from there helping them to actually achieve their goals And the hope is that once they get the job they've been working towards, they don't quit after a couple of months, as you just mentioned. How do you make sure that someone actually has a stable career once they get the job they're looking for?
0: Well, you first start off by making sure that what they're going for is going to be the best fit for them. So when, when you are going for something that's going to be the best fit, Then chances of you staying is pretty high. And during the interview process, that's when it has to be a two way thing where you are asking questions about like company culture, uh, about the job, so that you know that you know what you're in for.
1: If I'm going on a job interview, I'm going to interview my potential employer as much as he's interviewing me. That's essentially what you're saying.
0: Yep. And not just interview them, but to do your background research. There's so many ways that you can find out about a potential employer.
1: But what type of skills are you hoping your client uh, will develop?
0: I hope that they develop skills where they're able to see things in different perspectives. Mindset is the ability to renew your mind and to change your mind about certain things. So, for example, when they are facing a tough time at work they might tell me about it and and then I would ask questions like okay what's another way to look at it and what is good about it and and by doing that I'm hoping that they're able to do that but for themselves like not just during the time that they're working with me but by the end of it I would have trained their mind to Mm -hmm. look at the good or what could be good or what can they do how can they take responsibility for that so I would say that mind renewal skills and positivity, self-leadership, and taking responsibility for their careers instead of leaving it in other people's hands. So I guess that would be the inner stuff that they I want I want to leave them with. As for the external stuff, it would be job hunting skills so job hunting skills are generally not taught in schools that's why most people can be pretty good at what they do but when it, when the time comes for them to get a job or to advance in their careers they have no idea how to do that so things like negotiation talking to your boss about getting more responsibilities um, how to write your resume how to network online and offline those are the skills that i want to develop in them and when people work with me, it's not like they have to work with me for years. Usually, they just work with me for a few months. And by the end of the few months, they would have developed all these skills to the point that they don't need me anymore. So I don't want them to need me for a lifetime, even though that would be good for me.
1: <laughs>
0: but, yeah, that's that's what I want to leave them with.
1: So the way you measure your success is to work yourself out of a job. Yes. Millennials have been defined as anyone born between 1981 and 1996. That current range is between 24 and 39 years old. What unique challenge do you see with millennials and why were you drawn to that particular group?
0: The second one is pretty easy. It's because I am a millennial myself. (laughs) I'm in my early 30s, so it's easy for me to relate. I started to identify all the clients that I are in my portfolio and I found out that about 80% of them are millennials Mm -hmm. so I think that's a reason why most of them are um, drawn to me probably because I am like them and they feel that they can relate more to me than say a career coach who is in their 40s also, the reason why I was drawn to it is because it's the biggest age group in the workforce right now. So okay. most of the um, that's the age of most people in the workforce. I think they are the leaders of the future. So most of them right now they are maybe they are like mid managers, but they are going to be the future executives of whatever companies that they are working for. So like by working with them, I'm actually shaping the future because they're all the future leaders or already leaders in whatever they're doing. So that's the reason why. Um, as for the challenges that they face in the workforce, I, I think that the challenges is similar to any age group. You know, there's always things like politics, things like the economy, management changes, but if you, if you have to be specific, I would say that they are they're more um, purpose driven, like they're driven by, by work that they enjoy doing. They like flexibility. They like freedom. Um, so, their, so their goals might be different from, say, uh, Baby Boomer or Gen X.
1: Of course, we're in the middle of a pandemic. It's all over the world. We can't get away from it no matter where you are. Of course, some areas of the world are, are harder hit by it than others. Do you believe, as far as career development, do you believe that we're living in unprecedented times?
0: Yeah, for sure. I, th- I definitely think so. I mean, I, I think that pe- the last time people experienced something like that was probably the Great Depression. And most of us have not lived through the Great Depression. So I would say it's unprecedented for our generation, not for the whole history of mankind, but just for our generation. And it it makes a huge, huge impact on career development. Um, you are going to see, and we have seen a lot of jobs getting wiped out, as in like jobs that are no longer relevant or jobs in industries that are so affected that they have to retrench a lot of people in the industry. So that is really um, hard for people that are looking for jobs because there's so much competition out there in the market. And for some people whose livelihoods are um, sort of affected that their skills are no longer as needed, maybe it's being replaced by AI. Or being outsourced, for them it's an even bigger challenge because everything that they've known for their entire careers is basically no longer needed. And they need new skills, they need new connections. You know, uh, they've lost their job, they've lost their livelihood, and it is like a, a grieving um, process for them. So I would say this is definitely a really, really tough time for many people.
1: What signs do you look for that the economy is getting healthy, that the economy is recovering? And you can, with authenticity, encourage your clients and say, hey, listen, this is the time to rewrite your resume. This is the time to go get a haircut, buy a new suit, work on your interview skills because companies are hiring. What are the indicators? What do you look for so that you could? encourage your clients in that way?
0: So I I wouldn't wait for the economy to pick up before telling them to get ready because they need to start preparing right where they are right now. Um, even if they're working for a big company, um, they should start preparing because a lot of big companies, they're actually letting go of people. And regardless of how long you've been working there, you, you are still a, st- a statistic to them mm-hmm. because it's the top management that makes the decision and not your immediate manager when it comes to big companies. And if you're working for a smaller company like a startup or even working for yourself, it still is not stable. So I think that job hunting is a is something that you have to be doing every every day. Like I would call it passive job hunting. Okay. Um, so that is the best time to be doing everything that you've just said, which is now. And the indications that the economy is getting better would be um, you can read certain publications like Economist or uh, reputable news sources. Um, every country also have their own Ministry of Manpower. I don't know what you call Ministry of Labor, maybe in the States. Like for yes. us, it's called Ministry of manpower and and they're constantly publishing different um, statistics such as unemployment rate and so on. And then there is also recruitment companies such as um, Robert Walters, Manpower Group, Michael Page. Those are some of the, they've got offices globally. They also regularly publish um, things like employment surveys, um, salary guides, and they actually survey a lot of their clients to find out where all the hot jobs are. Um, they also ask them um, what are their hiring plans for the next quarter or the next year. So those would I would look at those to, to learn about the state of the labor market as well as the jobs and the industries that are in demand. So it's not like a general thing where you have to wait in general for the economy to improve. But I would say like focus on the industries and the jobs that are growing. Just because the economy isn't Doing well globally doesn't mean that you can't get a job.
1: So, consumer confidence helps push all of this. Where is that in Singapore, consumer confidence?
0: I think we're very restricted by the regulations in place. So, for example, we've got different phases of this lockdown, and right now we are in phase two, where when you go out, you can only meet up to five people, including yourself. And because there's a lot of social distancing rules in place, whenever you go to retail stores as well as restaurants, the, there is limited capacity. So it's not that we don't want to buy. I think a lot of Singaporeans, they are really bored of having been cooped up at home. And the moment the doors open, all of us wanted to like go out and eat. But then the restaurants have no capacity for, for us. So we still have to wait in lines just to make sure that um, we are within the capacity and not breaking any rules. So that is one, I would say we want to spend, but uh, the regulations means we can't spend. But there's also the other where because people have been getting pay cuts or retrenched or just being um, insecure about their income that they are cutting back on spending in comparison to before the crisis.
1: Communication and leadership skills, working with corporate clients in Asia Pacific. Tell me about that.
0: So that's the other piece. The first piece that I do is career coaching for B2C. That's individual clients. And then I also do corporate training, specializing in leadership and communication skills for corporate clients. And for that, I work with a number of different companies, such as British Council And that would be like a group workshops where I train them things like interpersonal skills to improve how you speak to different types of people, how to change your style. I think my favorite out of all the things that I do would be coaching skills for leaders, because I believe that every leader needs to learn how to coach.
1: You have had a variety of experiences, and that's what makes you who you are and gives you the ability to coach other people because of your travels and, and what you've learned. You even had the opportunity to serve in a leadership capacity in an Australian church.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: How did that happen?
0: Yeah. Okay. So I I love traveling and I, I actually quit my jobs in Singapore so that I could get on a cruise ship and travel the world. And after that I was like, oh my gosh, I, I wanna keep traveling, I wanna keep doing this. So I actually studied in Australia. I did a postgrad in Australia. And I started going to this church that I've been wanting to go to since I was since I became a Christian. They've got like the best like worship music but they are also very very strong in leadership so when i moved to australia that was the first church that i attended and that's that was the church that i attended for the entire duration of my time there and i remember in my second week of being in that church one of my friends was like hey cindy what are you doing on sunday come and help me out at the coffee cart and i was like oh i'm i'm still new are you sure that i can volunteer and she was like yeah so that was how I that was my first step into volunteering. And then after that, I saw this, I saw this billboard saying free English classes. And because I'm I'm an English teacher, I was like, oh, I I can actually serve God with my practical English teaching skills. So I signed up to join that ministry in my third week in, in that church. And and then after that I I got a role as Um, the oversight for that ministry. So I was overseeing that ministry and I was also overseeing um, a couple other ministries such as the interpretation ministry, where I would interpret um, sermons from English to Chinese or Indonesian. So I was living in Sydney for a number of years and then one of the best volunteer opportunities I ever got was to plant a church so I actually did that for one year. I moved from Sydney to Perth, and I was with this group of super passionate, super driven leaders, and and we did all sorts of things. We, you know, when you start a church, you have to do everything. So that was my whole life, and I I got to do so many different um, volunteering. Um, roles in that. Not just one, but, you know, you're like an octopus. You're doing everything.
1: (laughs) Well, Cindy, I have greatly enjoyed our conversation. It's been very enlightening. I learned a lot, which is what I always seek to do. Thank you for being on our program today.
0: It's my pleasure.
1: Cindy Rewarren, Millennial Career Coach at Cindy W. For more information on career coaching, visit www.cindyw.com or linkedin.com forward slash n forward slash Cindy W. That is our podcast for today. I'm John Lemon. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening.